you're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Hey there, beautiful, and welcome to the Socials with Soul series. This is a three-step roadmap that I have created to help you build purpose-driven socials that will grow a wildly engaged audience and consistent stream of amazing clients without any icky sales tactics. I ran this as a free three-day challenge recently in my free Facebook group, the Social Media 101 Society, and it was an absolute hit. I highly recommend that you listen to all three episodes in this series as what it's going to teach you is, and I'll go through each of the steps with you now. Step one, being searchable and sought after so that you can find the fast track to being someone that is searchable on social media, someone people share and someone that people seek so that you don't have to hunt down followers anymore. They'll come to you. Step two is being binge worthy so you can tap into your audience's real needs and desires so you can create the most juicy content that they will pour over and will have them running to be first in line to buy from you. And step three is being transactable with my soul driven social sales system to help you connect the dots to create a social selling roadmap that is so authentic, it won't even sound like you're selling. Now, if you love what you learn in these next three episodes in this three episode installment, and you want to continue this conversation with me and learn more about this, then I highly recommend you head over and check out my social media coaching and mentorship program, The Social Collective. This is where I help you expand on all of these things and become a standout online brand using social media so that you can have the thriving business that you deserve. Check it out over on my website at all the W's, the forward slash courses and navigate to the social collective. If you decide to join us, we have welcome post with your name on it waiting inside. Enjoy the series. All right. Welcome to day three guys of socials with soul. So today is really wrapping up um, everything that we've spoken about in the last two days and wrapping it up with the third topic, which is about being transactable. And that's about your selling system and how to create an authentic one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about sales and the psychology of sales a little bit. Um, and some of those, you know, icky sales stories that I know that some of us are still carrying around a lot. We're going to talk about what is a selling system. Um, and then we're going to like basically talk about the three parts of your selling system that you need to have, right? And then I've got a little bit of something to show you um, at the end as well. Um, Now, this really wraps up nicely the whole three days because in day one, we talked about being searchable, which was all about you tapping into yourself, your superpower, your unique value proposition, like tapping into the things about you that make you someone that your audience want to follow. Day two was all around being bingeable. So like how to not just have the digital cut through and that 
um, that pattern interrupter on your social media, but using your social media as that nurturing space where you can storytell and create a conversation with your audience um, so that they are primed up and ready to buy. Like that, you know, that whole day two part was all about, you know, day one was about why do they want to follow you? Day two was about giving them something to follow, giving them something to engage with and priming them up for a, that decision, that purchase decision. And day three is all about how do you move them towards that? How, the, how do you move them towards that space? Um, and we've got, a, a, got quite a bit to, um, to chat about there because selling is something that is, um, it's, something that a lot of people shy away from. I know it's something that people have some connotations around some stories maybe around selling as well um, that it's really good to talk about and kind of work through. But really being transactable is just about being open for business. Like you've got a business, you are in business because you're selling a product, a service or something that you can teach people and being transactable is just making it easier for them to buy from you. So, you know, I think that sometimes it can be because most people that get into business aren't there, you're not there to sell, you're there to help people, you're there to serve, right? You, most of us are in business to serve, we, particularly us women, we're great at serving, we're really good at serving, <laughs> really good at it, we're biologically programmed to serve, right? It's our mothering feminine instinct to do that. So, um, we're really good at serving. We get into business because we want to create a product that's going to be amazing. That's going to help all these people. We've got a service that's going to help all these people, you know, go, go from A to B. We've got, we want to teach people. Like I'm a coach. I love teaching people. That's my thing. And coaching is such a serving industry, right? Like you're always holding space for other people. Um, and that's cool. That's what I love to do. It's totally my passion. Um, but because most people don't get into business with any sales skills or any of that knowledge, right? It's so easy to start a business. You just go, yeah, I'm going to get my domain and start my Facebook page and Instagram page. And that's pretty much it. Like I'm ready to go. Boom. Here we go. Ready for business. And then you start And it, it, I always say business is like the biggest learning journey of the things you don't know. Like every single day you come across something else you didn't know about that you needed to do, right? And you get into business with all this passion in your eyes and you just want to help people and I just want to, you know, I, I want to support them, I want to teach them, I want to give, get this product into as many people's lives as possible so I can change their life. And then you soon realise, shit, I need to sell it. So how the frick do I do that, right? Um and usually then there, there comes up a little bit of resistance because I find that most people have got some old stories or a bit of a stigma around selling that they're carrying around. And so because of that, um, there's often a tendency that, you know, it'll be like, yeah, well, my website links on my Instagram bio or, yeah, I've got that, I've got the button on my Facebook page set up to go to my website. And you kind of like hide how people can buy from you behind all these little places so it's like it's there but you're not really telling people how to get there right so it's like you know if if for example you said to someone oh could you go down down the road to the bakery for me and get me six bread rolls and they're like well where exactly is it and you're like oh it's over there like they probably find it eventually 
But it'd just be a shitload easier if you just told them exactly where to go and what roads to take, right? And just go turn left here, turn right here to go here and there you go. It's kind of like that when it comes to how to direct people to how they can buy from you on social media, right? You've, you've got to be reasonably specific with your audience. And there's a number of reasons for that. I just think inherently as we get um, more connected digitally and more connected online as a society, we become inherently lazier. Um, and we want information is at our fingertips, right? At our fingertips all the time. And we kind of expect it now. We kind of expect information and solutions and all this stuff to just be at our fingertips that we've become really lazy at looking for how to find the answers ourselves. We're kind of waiting for people to serve us the answer directly. Right. And I think we've just, just years and years, I guess, of, um, you know, digital, you know, things being so accessible that it's kind of like, that's what people are expecting. It's like, okay, yep. I ready. I'm ready to buy your thing. Show me how to do it. So, um, and we need to, we need to remember that is that all those old stories. Hey, Lauren, how you going? all those old stories and stigmas around selling, we, we need to work through them. So when I, when I usually start to, to talk to someone about selling, there's usually like a few roadblocks that start to come up or limiting beliefs around it. And that's like, I'm not a salesperson. Um, I find selling icky. I find it too in your face. Um, maybe, you know, those of you that are online can give me some stories that maybe you've got or some some old stigmas around selling that you can think of and anyone watching back the replay, if you can put it in the comments as well, because this is always brings up some really interesting conversation. Um, and usually it's come from a place of you, maybe you've been in a job before in the past where you've been told to sell something a specific way and it didn't sit right with you. Um, you know, like, you know, back in the day, I think I worked at like, um, Star or something, I don't know, Foxtel, one of those places, you know, and they give you the full script. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it was like, if they say this, you say that, like a robot sort of thing. And it was, oh, it was so icky. Like you just were like, oh, you know, and it was like, if they say no, you don't take the first no. You have to say things this way. And there'd be someone else listening in on their headpiece and they'd come over and say, you, should have no, you shouldn't have taken that no. You should have said this and this and this. Follow the script, follow the script. And it's really, really off-putting, right? And it's icky and you don't feel connected to it. You feel so disconnected from it because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel human particularly us women, it doesn't feel natural. So we immediately buck against it. Did you? Did you work there too? So that is so funny. See, small world, small world. But I get then you would know exactly what I mean then, Lauren, is that, um, you know, you get the script and you've got to follow the script. Um, even when I was in banking to a certain degree, like definitely like I was there for 17 years. I started there when I was 21, so 20 years ago. And um, definitely when I started, it was a lot more script-based. Like as things progressed and um, systems progressed and processes progressed, you did have a, there were still frameworks, but you're allowed to be yourself a little bit more in that framework and use it. Um, you know, there was always some legislative things we had to cover off, but that was totally fine as well. Um, but a lot of the old stories and stigma around selling comes from something you've experienced. So maybe you've been in a job where they forced you to use a system or a script that you didn't like. Maybe you um, had a bad, have had bad experiences with being the receiver of that as well. 
maybe you know you've you know had those experiences where I don't know let's what's what's a good example of that you know like you leave your email address and then or a phone number and then people ring you 20 freaking times like I mean I went to a B&I breakfast once and then the, the chick rang me 20 times I was like dude can you not tell after the third time I haven't answered your phone call that I am not interested right and then it turns you off because it's like if that's how people have to sell I don't want to do it too um there's also some really old masculine um stereotypes around selling as well that embed the the beliefs around selling that aren't true anymore so like there's the old um and i've used this before like the old used car salesman right and i think that's really mean for car salesmen these days because i don't think they're dodgy anymore i think they're just doing their job but back in the day there was a real stigma that a a used car salesman was somebody that was going to sell you a shonky car because they had these really bad sales tactics or there's the old stereotype of the mechanic, like that mechanics are just out to get women and they just want to take all your money because we're dumb and we don't know anything about cars, right? Which just isn't true anymore. I know heaps of really nice male mechanics these days that would never do that. But there's, you know, some of those old stereotypes, particularly around selling that I think we still hold on to these days. And, you know, maybe it was our parents that told us that, maybe we've had experiences. And so we hold on to these stories around how to sell, which means that we're just holding ourselves back from creating our own authentic process. Um, And, you know, I think we really need to draw a line in the sand and understand that some of these old stories and these old belief systems that we have around selling come from an experience or come from a story that we've been told about why it's bad, why it's icky, um, or you maybe you just see it. Maybe you just see it yourself. I see it all the time. Like I've seen, I even know of like recently of programs that other social marketers have sold people that just sell the worst strategy, like the worst. It makes my blood boil. Like it literally does make my blood boil that there are people teaching shitty strategy. Like it really, really does. And you see it all the time. I think, you know, we also too, even in the modern day, we come across some sales tactics that um, we see other people do and we go, I don't want to do that. You know, like people that have a 33,000 email funnel when you sign up to their lead lead magnet and their opt-in and you just go, oh, if that's what it takes to do email marketing, I'm not doing it because I don't want to be that person, right? So even in the modern day era, there's still lots of, stigmas around it because you've watched someone else's version of how they do it and you think that and then you attach that to the entire process and you say well if that's what it takes to be successful on that I'm not doing and then you start to shy away from from the process of actually selling I think too like particularly for women like I said we love to serve um we it can also sometimes be wrapped up in a little bit of self-worth stuff too. Like we don't want to ask for the money. Um, you know, we don't, a little bit of fear maybe is that, well, if I ask for the sale and no one buys it, like will people not like me? Like we attach a lot of our own self-worth on the selling as well. Um, when it's actually usually got nothing to do with us, it's more got to do with maybe it's the process or something to do with your messaging and you can, you can fix all those things, right? Um But really what selling is, is it's just showing people how they can buy from you. 
And if you're in business to sell something, you've got something people can buy, well, then logically you need to sell it, right? Because if you aren't selling, you're not making money, okay? People, it, like I, I wrote down, it doesn't happen by osmosis or magic. So, yes, you might have your, your how people can inquire about your package or how they can book your service or how they can pay for your course. It might be on your website somewhere. Maybe you've got SEO on your website. Maybe it's on all your buttons on your social media. But unless you're sending people there, they're not magically going to find that stuff and just pay for you, pay for it. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, maybe if you're big, maybe if you're Nike, right? And I always use this analogy as well. And I go, we're not Nike yet, right? Eventually down the track, I want to be someone that everyone knows and is like, you have to buy her. You have to join that chick's membership. It's bringing the best one around. Like, and everyone's talking about it. Like I definitely want to be like that one day, but for most of us, we're not like Nike yet. You know, we're not a household name. We're not someone that people are like, Ooh, you know, like Apple, like, Oh, Apple's bringing out an iPhone 12. Everyone's freaking lining up to check it out. You know, we're not like that yet. Yet. I always say yet. Um, so we have to show people how they can buy from us because they're not naturally just going to magically find the way to do it themselves. All right. So what is a selling system? So I wanted to talk a little bit about what a selling system actually is. And look, I think in the, in the era of funnels and systems and processes and you know, all these different marketing jargon and internet marketing jargon and online marketing jargon, um, we forget that a selling system is really just a process or the roadmap of how they go from learning who we are to deciding whether or not they want to purchase from us. That's really all it is, is it's just the process from how they get from A to B. So sometimes that process can be very linear and it can be just a couple of steps. Sometimes that process can be a few little more steps intertwined along the way. And it's going to be completely different for every business. And this is why I never do cookie cutter strategy and I never sell like, you know, any of those sort of cookie cutter funnels and stuff because I prefer to actually work with someone and say, I, you know, this is probably going to be better for you and come up with something that's going to work for the business owner and for their audience. I'm probably doing myself out of a little bit of money doing that. Like I could probably sell a shitload of those things and make more money, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit with my values, right? I'd rather do tailored and personalized recommendation because that's what I've always done. I did that when I was sales coaching too, tailored and personalized recommendations. That's definitely my thing. So there's lots of formula systems, program funnels and stuff being sold to you out there. There's also a lot of scare tactics as well and fear-based marketing around the best, fear-based marketing around the best ones that you can set up. There's lots of promises, right? And I'm not saying that none of these systems work. They absolutely do, right? But there's a lot of people out there making a lot of noise about the things that they sell, telling you it's the only way that you're going to make money. Now, I just kind of urge people to put your thinking cap on and think more about your audience and your own process and your values and your belief systems 
because incorporating those into your selling system is what makes it authentic. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I've got three steps to an authentic selling system that make it simple and also make it authentic. So <clears throat> the reason why the reason why I do it this way is because and I'm kind of giving you step 3 a little bit here but the reason why I do it this way is because for you as the business owner if you can't buy into the selling system that you're using you won't sell and that's really the key thing here is that creating an authentic selling system is yes it's about your audience but it's also about you because if you're you're using a selling system or you're, um, you know, using a process or a funnel or some email marketing um, strategy or something that you can't buy into, you won't do it because you've probably bought it because someone told you you needed to have it or because someone else had success with it. But here's the key. They probably were able to buy into that strategy. That Obviously, that strategy met something in their value system that they were able to buy into. doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. All right, so let's, ta- let's start talking about the three steps to it. So the first one is looking at the client journey. So yesterday we talked about, um, you know, that storytelling aspect of social media and how how you can be binge-worthy and, and create stories and how, you know, that kind of digital cut-through content is like standing outside the shop, getting a billboard and making them take notice of you and then, and then that storytelling is really inviting them into your shop and having them have a conversation with you. Then, you know, today we're talking about being transactable. They're like they're really the three stages of the client journey. So the three stages are awareness, consideration and purchase. Right, so awareness is when they're just becoming aware of you. So it's like you're, you're like, hey, hi, here I am. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll follow you. Um, consideration is like the relationship phase where they're starting to build that relationship with you, which is why yesterday's piece was so important because that being binge-worthy is how you build that relationship, right? And then purchase is like what we're talking about today where it's about that, you know, I'm making the decision about whether or not I'm going to buy from you. So they're the three stages of the journey, but then incorporated into all of that, and this is where we get into a little bit more technicality or marketing speak, I guess, is we're looking at touch points. So the way that people go from here to here is that they go on, you know, they, they, they meet you on a few different sort of touch points. And all a touch point is, is just a place that they connect with you. That's all it is, right? So What's a really good thing to do is if you've got a paper and a pen, you can do this now, you can do this later. Obviously, if you've registered for to get the replays, um, this will come out in the workbook as well and it will prompt you. But a good idea is to write down all the ways that someone could find you, all the ways that someone could connect with you, all the ways someone could talk to you, see you, experience you. And I've written down quite a few here. So there's social media, which is quite broad, but, you know, if you want to dig deeper to that, there's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, oh, YouTube, like all the things, TikTok, you've got email marketing, your website, a podcast, a blog, a discovery call, 
an online course, a Facebook group, uh, an Instagram DM, Facebook Messenger message, email, um, like as in a direct email, like an inquiry email, text message, good old text message, a Facebook group, a paid ad. Um, you know, these are all the different ways that someone could come across you, right? Maybe you still do print advertising. Maybe you do letterbox drops. Maybe you're in a networking group. Maybe there's more face-to-face ways that people can come in contact with you as well. But it's a good, it's a good kind of activity to write down all the ways someone can come across your business. And sometimes you might find some that you never really thought about before and go broad with it. Just write down anything that comes to mind. Um, it might be a platform you're not using. It might be, um, you know, referral networks or networking group or something like that. I don't know, like just write it all down and see what all the touch points are where that people could find you, right? Because there's so many ways that people can connect with us these days, right? So then what you you kind of want to do is start to narrow it down from there because you're not going to use all of them. Like that's just unrealistic and ridiculous. You're not going to use all of those touch points. And I think that what people do, and this is another way that people go wrong, is that they try and spread themselves over too many places. So they're trying to have too many touch points and that can be quite inauthentic in, in terms of a selling system as well because you can't be everything to all people. You've got to fine-tune your selling system down to... Um, You've got to fine-tune your selling system down to what works for you and what works for your audience, right? So if you're having a look at the client journey, you're looking at uh, your awareness, consideration and purchases phase and then your touch points. So write down like all the ways that people could find you. Some of those touch points are going to suit different stages of the journey. Like, you know, social media is great for awareness and consideration, right? But when it comes time for them to whip out their credit card, they're more than likely going to be doing that on a website or a sales page or the PayPal link or, um, I don't know, a zero invoice that you send them or something like that, right? That's going to be where the, the purchase actually gets made. All right. So then step two to that is thinking about them. So step one is the journey and we've got, written down all the ways that people can connect with us. Now let's look at your actual ideal client and who they are. And we talked about your ideal client yesterday. So this is where it all leads into each other. Each day feeds onto the next. If you look at your ideal client from yesterday and you pull out the stuff that you wrote down about them, or if you haven't done yesterday's um, tutorial, that's totally fine. You can go back and listen to that. If you're getting the replays, uh, the workbooks in your email, um, And have a look at your ideal client profile. And I've got two questions that I want you to ask yourself, right? One is, where are they more likely to go? So in terms of touch points, where are they more likely to go? And what is the best place to send them to build that relationship or to convert them? Right? So... To give you an example, for me, some of the best places for me to send people to build a relationship with me is my Facebook group, so the group that you're in right now, my email list, uh, a free course, maybe even like my a small paid course, like my membership is a great place as well. Yes, it's a paid offer, but it's a lower cost offer. Um, 
you know, they're great places for people to build a relationship. Maybe the best place with them to convert, right? So where do people, where are you most likely to get people convert with you? You know, but look at your ideal client. Where are they most likely to go? And then get that list out of all those touch points that you just wrote down and what are the best places for your audience to convert? So with your ideal client, we, this is where we people start to come unraveled with their selling system is that they create a selling system because someone told them they needed it. Someone told them they wouldn't be able to make money without it. Someone told them that everyone else has success for this. And if you're not using it, then you're going to fail like all those silly things. Um, but you haven't actually built a selling system around the one, the places that your audience is the is most likely to convert in. So once you've written down all those touch points, have a look at what are the top five places that are the best places for your audience to go to. Maybe you might even have more than that. Like I've got quite a few on my list. Like if I look at that list, I've got, um, you know, like a DM, email marketing, my website, podcast, discovery call, Facebook group. Like I've got quite a few. I've probably got about eight of those touch points that I just listed off before are all touch points that my audience would convert in you know, a challenge, like all those sort of things. Like I've got like probably nearly 10, eight to 10 are places that I could send my audience because that's where they're more likely to build a relationship with me and they're more likely to convert. So to give you an example of um, something I see a lot is um, say, it, let's use someone selling a course for an, ex, for an example. And I've got this course and they've put like, say a $2,000 price tag on this course. Course is definitely worth it. Like it'd be worth the two grand. I'm not doubting that in my mind at all that the course would be worth two thousand dollars. Um, but here's the but: <laughs> the way that they're trying to sell it is to send Facebook ads directly to the landing page and just have people who don't know them buy the course. Now, most people won't buy a two thousand dollar course without some form of relationship with the seller first, whether they follow them online. Maybe they've had a DM conversation with them or maybe even pick up the phone and have a chat, right? So, you know, and I've had this with actual clients before and I've stripped back the selling system. I'm like, hang on a minute. Like these people don't know you. Like uh, how, what, what, what's your reasoning behind spending all this money on Facebook ads for people to buy your $2,000 course? If it's a cold audience and no one knows you. Where else have you sold this sort of thing before? Oh, well, normally it's, you know, people fill out a contact form on my website and I give them a call. And I go, great, let's send them to a contact form and then pick up the phone and ring a few people. A week later, five people have joined my course. Oh, amazing. I wonder why that is. It's because that was the best place for them to go to get the information that they needed, that you were sending people there that already knew you and you were, you know, you were meeting them where they were at, right? So, you know, that's an example of incorporating your ideal client and where it's the best place for them to go, for you to send them, where they're more likely to convert, where they're more likely to build the relationship. It'd be like me saying, I've got a podcast, you should all have a podcast, now, a podcast is a massive part of my relationship building strategy with my audience. It also has a small conversion element in it because I do put call to actions in it um, and I do sponsor my own podcast with uh, my own services and products and freebies and things like that to build, you know, get them off the podcast and get them somewhere else if they found me on that app. But 
I can't conscionably say everyone should have a podcast because that's not going to be necessarily the right strategy for everybody. It's the right strategy for me, but it's not necessarily the right strategy um, for everybody else. So, you know, for my audience, it's a great place to send them because they love to consume podcasts, but it's not the great, the best place for everybody's audience, right? You know, like if your audience was say, I don't know, let's say they were brand new mums or something and, um, you know, they just, they don't have, they don't have time. I don't know. Like I'm just saying, you know, not every audience is going to be the best audience to, to be building that sort of strategy. All right. The third, the third part of the process. Um, and if anyone else is on live, let me know, let me know you're here. Um, and if you're listening to the replay, type in replay. Um, and I guess if, if I'd love to know when, when you've planned your selling system, did you plan it or did it just kind of happen? Like, is it just something that's kind of just evolved over time? Is it the right one for you? And if so, did you plan it that way or was it something that just kind of organically happened that way? Um, or maybe are you, are you here and you're kind of going, look, I've got a system and maybe it's not really working for me, um, you know, and maybe you're wondering if you're sending people to the right place. So step one was customer journey, what are all the touch points and the ways people can find you? Step two is narrowing them down to the best places for you to send your audience based on where they are more likely to want to connect with you or want to convert with you. And then the third step is you. And this is the step that a lot of people won't talk to you about. So most coaches, digital marketers, online marketers will talk to you about the client journey. They'll talk to you about the purchase journey. And then they'll tell you, you need to send your audience here because they're more likely to convert here. And then here, here you go. Here's my landing page formula that will convert 98% of the time. I'm going to sell it to you for $497, right? Because they're, someone's telling you that's where you need to send your people so they can sell you something. The third part of it is actually you. And this is where your, your selling system becomes authentic. Because if you can't buy into how you sell your shit, you won't sell it. <laughs> if you don't believe in it, they won't believe in it, right? You've got to believe in the process that you're asking people to take or they won't do it because, and you won't want them to. You'll feel icky about it. You won't tell them to book a discovery call because you don't really want them to do it. Like you've got to buy into the process yourself. Now, I'm not saying that there are going to be times where it might be like, let's use a discovery call, for example. Stacey, I don't want to do discovery calls. Have you tried them? No. Okay, let's try them. Like I'm definitely aware that there are times where sometimes it's a limiting belief or a fear that you don't want to take that step. Um, and that's okay because you can always work through those things. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, you've narrowed that list down to the best places where your audience can build a relationship with you or convert with you. Let's drill down on that more to the spaces that you can authentically back and get behind, where you will happily send people to, where you will stand up on your platforms and say, go here and buy from me because my shit is really good 
and I've got the, you know, the best system to get you there and you can get behind it. And it's going to be different for every single person. So I'll, I'll use a couple of examples. I did, did write a couple of examples down here. Let's, I'll, let's expand on the discovery call thing because I do use discovery calls. I've got like links on my website where people can book a free call because there is a certain element of people that will want to speak to me before they purchase from me. However, I don't have the ability in my diary for people to automatically book one of those calls with me whenever they feel like it. I've got certain days and times of the week. It's, not a, it's a very limited window, I'll be honest with you, because um, that I've got available for it. Because it, yes, it's, yes, I know and I know that there, there's value in that, but I can't invest all of my time in it because I work from home when my kids are at school and I'm busy seeing face-to-face clients and then when the kids get home, I can't be present for that person necessarily the whole time, right, because the kids are here. Lauren, can you explain what a discovery call is? Oh, a discovery call is just, it's just a name for um, like a, a, a pre-client call. So like say someone sends you a message about your graphic design service and they go, oh, look, can we just have a chat? Or you might say, look, do you want to book a call and we can have a chat? Like that's all a discovery call is, is just a phone call, a free phone call that you would have with someone who is a potential client to determine whether or not they are going to become a paid client or not. Now, some people use them as a full-on strategy where it's like send, you know, you want to book in 10 discovery calls a week and there's, you know, like a massive big discovery call script you can use and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I could have gone down that path. I didn't want to go down that path because I don't have time to spend doing 20 bloody discovery calls every week because I'm a busy, busy mum. The time I get without the kids has, is structured around face-to-face clients or doing stuff like this or recording podcasts when I've got the time to do it without them running around screaming in the background. So I do them, but very limited time. But here's the thing. The people that really value them and really want one will book it in at the times that I've got but I can buy into them because I've got them in a place in my business where it suits me. Now, the other thing I wrote down was DMs, okay? DMs are a great place. Some people freaking hate them. Some people hate people going into their DMs. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I I shied away from using them for quite some time because I used to get frustrated with people um, DMing me. Because most people would DM me on my personal page and I was getting really frustrated with people DMing me on my personal page. So I had to put some parameters around that. And if someone DM me for business on my personal page, I now just go, oh, that's a really great question. I'd love to help you. Could you please go and message me on my business page? And I send them the link to go there now. And then I converse with them in there. And then it keeps all my business stuff business and all my personal stuff personal. Um, <clears throat> I know some people that do their business purely around DM. Like Lauren, you're a great example of that. Like your, you know, your logo design, you do it all through Facebook Messenger. Freaking awesome. That works for you. Some people would want to do an automated funnel for that, right? So this is what I mean is that the system that you use, the selling system you use has got to work for you. Now, you know, 
when you're looking at DMs, you know, if there's stuff that people are going to message you and inquire about regularly, you can look at setting up automated messages and things like that to make your life easier. Even with my discovery calls, like I got an email, about three emails yesterday of people that want to organize to talk to me. They could have booked it in on the website, but they didn't. They emailed me. I'm still going to send them the link and go, sure, book a call in. Here you go. You know, um, so this, you've got to buy into your own system and it has to work for you so that you can show up for it, right? If you would prefer that people email you, then drive them to email you. Like if that's what you would prefer. If you would prefer people to DM with you and you do all of your communication via DM, send them to DM you. You know, you can even like put, uh, particularly with Facebook Messenger, you can get your Messenger URL link, like your HTTP URL link and put that onto your landing pages and put that onto your inquiry buttons. And then all they do is go straight to your DM. If you don't want to, you know, muck around doing discovery calls and that sort of thing. Some people love the discovery calls. They want to do 10 of them a week. Awesome. Go for it. Lauren, Facebook messenger. I love Insta DM. I hate, I actually, it's funny. I used to be the same. I was always like Facebook messenger all the way. Ooh, sorry. I'm not yawning. I'm not yawning. I am a little bit tired today. I would call it hormonal is the word I would use to describe myself today. <laughs> you guys aren't boring me and this discussion is not boring me. It's, um, it's de- that's definitely a, <laughs> a hormonal reflex, I would definitely say. Today. I used to not particularly love the Instagram DM, but I've fallen in love with it now because I... I didn't really use to drive it very well myself, I don't think either. And because it used to, well, you still can get some pretty um, botty DMs in there. But I think the more you drive good DMs with stories and, um, and you know, good CTAs and stuff, you can, you can fall in love with the Insta DM inbox. The only thing is it doesn't have as many much functionality as the Facebook Messenger one, which is a bit annoying, but that's okay. Um, Yeah. So the whole point of that is that whatever the system is you use, you have to be able to buy into it yourself. Because here's the thing. If you've done everything that we've talked about over the last three days, the people will go there. They will go there. If you've made yourself someone who's searchable, you've made yourself someone who's sought after, you have set up your unique value propositions so good and you've made yourself someone that is a storyteller and that people can binge on and they can build a relationship with, if you say the way that you need to speak to me is by DM, they will do that. 110% they will do it, right? So this is where your, you know, your selling system can become really authentic if you do all those other steps really well. And if you're not doing all those other foundational steps really well, that's where you can start to go, oh, maybe I need an overcomplicated funnel. Oh, or maybe I need to have this system that so-and-so is selling on this Facebook ad because, you know, there's like a hundred testimonials on that page and they all had success with it. So maybe I need that too. Um, But really the authenticity in your selling system comes from you being able to buy into the process yourself. So if you go back to that initial list of all the touch points that you wrote down of how people can find you, connect with you and convert with you, 
And then you go through step two and you actually cull them down to the amount of places where your audience, so your ideal client based on their profile is more likely to want to go to build a relationship or convert with you. And then you bring it down further into the places that you want to buy into and you can buy into. Then that's where you start to build your selling system from. Right. And then you'll break it up into different parts of, okay, if I send them here, this is where they're going to build a relationship with me. If I send them here, this is where they're likely to convert with me. So for me, it's like go to my podcast to build a relationship, go into my email list to build more of a relationship. Also, email list could be to sell them something. Um, specific sales pages or landing pages on my website is where they convert. A discovery call is where they convert. Right. So I'm sending them to the places where I know they're more likely to do the thing I want them to do. That's how it works. If I was to send people to Pinterest, I would have not convert a single thing <laughs> because it's just, you know, this is not where I'm going to send people. Um, so it's about sending people to the right place. And I think that the more you just get, the simpler you get with your process and the less platforms you try and be on, the easier it becomes. And I'm not saying don't have a placeholder or don't have your brand on other platforms. Like, you know, I've got a YouTube channel that I set up that I'm finally starting to repurpose content onto, but it's all repurposed content. It's certainly not going to be something I'm driving. I'm just going to be chucking shit on there that I've already created so that anyone that finds me on YouTube is like, oh, yeah, that chick's here too. Awesome. And then they might, you know, eventually get back over onto my website or get back over onto Facebook or Instagram, which is where I actually want them to be. Um, or over onto my podcast because I'm putting my podcasts on there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's about definitely the system that you can buy into. And that's going to be different for everybody, right? And like I said, that's why I really buy, I love to work on personalized advice for creating the system that you need to set up to sell your shit. Um, and some of it is going to be, sometimes it's going to be a completely online system and that's awesome. Sometimes it's going to be online with a little bit of in-person and sometimes it's, sometimes your system is going to be way more in-person than other people's. But, um, one of my beautiful clients, Gemma, who does, um, she does Pilates teaching. She does open days for her Pilates studio. That's pure face-to-face events. You know, that sort of stuff still 100% works. Um, so, you know, we need to be open-minded to where these, these best places are. And then you can use your social media to drive that. Use your social media to drive them to get to the places they need to go to buy from you. That's what's really, that's, you know, and that's how you set up a good selling system. Cool. So that's being transactable. So of the last three days we have covered off, we've covered off how to be searchable and sought after. So how to know what your superpower is, know what your unique value proposition is and understand that if you can get that right, people are going to share you and they're going to look for you. That's important. Rather than trying to worry about, you know, having the perfect set of hashtags so that people can find you or you can you know, get fed up to them by an algorithm, having people actually share you and want to find you is super important. And you being able to articulate that is also important because then when we get to step two, it's about being binge worthy. So how do you create that conversation with your audience and that storytelling that makes them want to consume more of you and move them through that 
client journey faster, move them through that. That moves them through that relationship phase of the of the client journey a lot faster, um, and makes them decide make that decision about whether or not they want to purchase from you. And then step three is being transactable. So how do you set up that selling system that is authentic to you that is going to work for your ideal client and is going to be something that you can get behind, you can support, that you will show up for? Because if you can buy into it, you will show up for it. You will send people there. You'll get excited about it. You'll get excited about your selling system. You'll get excited about telling people to go wherever it is that you want them to go to buy from you because that's it's, it's exciting for you. It's authentic to you. It feels natural to you. It feels good to you to do that instead of sending them into some sort of system or funnel that you can't buy into. Or maybe you love that sort of thing and that's totally fine too, right? Just because the word authentic is there doesn't mean that it has to be all like, you know, kumbaya or anything like that. If you, could, if you love the internet marketing and the funnels and stuff and that's your thing, go for it. That's your thing. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. It's got to be authentic and it's authentic if you can buy into it. All right, so the next step um, in the process for you guys is where to from here. So where do you go from here? So you might have sat here and gone, this is awesome. Okay, I, I know that I need to understand my unique value proposition more. I need to be able to communicate that more so I can create really great messaging, but I'm terrible with captions. <laughs> Stace, how do I actually put that into words? I'm not a wordsmith like you. Um, maybe you got to day two and you were like, yep, okay, I need to work on, you know, my content marketing and get that really schmicko so that I can, you know, move people into the point of wanting to purchase from me. But um, really don't know, I don't understand. I don't know, understand how to do that. I don't know if I'm engaging with people properly. Um, I struggle with imagery. I struggle with, I don't even know how to create an Instagram story or any of those things. Or maybe you've gotten to today and you're like, yep, okay, I can see, I can see the touch points that I need to send people to, but I still am confused still about how to do that. Like how do I make that actually work um, so that you can put all these pieces together and then, you know, the idea at the end of it is that you've got all these, you know, beautiful little dings going off in your email inbox every day because people are, are buying things from you um, and you're becoming incredible success in your own niche and in your business. So the next step for that is, to join my membership. So you all would know I have a membership. It's called the Social Collective. Um, and it is a, I call it more of a group learning container. And the reason I love membership learning for social media is because social media changes all the time. Like it changes constantly, you know, and I used to create courses. I'd still create courses. Um, and I, I had a course, it was called the Social Superstar Formula. It was a $1,500 course, but I had to keep updating it all the time because things changed constantly, right? And so I decided I'm going to start a membership instead because it's going to be easier for me to stay connected, stay updated and not have to launch so much all the time as well because I was doing so many launches with that program too. Whereas the membership is something that can just stay open all the time. People can jump in and um, it's all there for you. Now, the other thing with the membership as well is that, and this is another thing that I'm really passionate about, I, you know, yes, I could do a bunch of self-paced courses and I will have some more mini things coming out shortly, but this is a way you get access to me directly. So we do a live stream like this every single week. There is an email lesson once a week and we do a live stream about that. 
um, provided my Zoom and my stream up to Facebook is working, then I will do, you know, screen shares or anything that I need to do to actually finish off that lesson from a visual point of view. So you get the, the ability to read the lesson and then the auditory and the visual with the, the live stream as well. We do a monthly Zoom coaching call, which means that you, we jump on Zoom and we just do a round robin where you can all talk to me. Now, the reason I added this in is because I like to be able to actually speak to people. Like I love to be able to do it. Plus it gives the members an opportunity to have direct access to me. Now, a lot of the time people don't jump onto all of them, but when they do, they're like, oh, yay, I'm so glad that the coaching calls today because I really need to ask you, Stace, about X, Y, Z. And I can coach you through that in that like round robin style monthly coaching call that we do. And we do some goal setting on that as well. It's a really nice space to do some goal setting. And then you all get to interact together on Zoom. I also love the fact that it brings Zoom and live stream together. So it's not just me, like it's not my group, it's the members group. So the Zoom brings everyone else together, which is really cool. Um, And then the other aspect of that, the third aspect of that is the monthly masterclasses, which are deep dive learning. Um, We did one yesterday, which was a video marketing masterclass. Sometimes I get guest speakers to help with them. Um, Last month was stories and reels. So there's always different masterclasses going on. Um, And the ones that I've got coming up in the new year um, is doing a full one on the sales process, doing one on how to start a podcast. Um, We're going to do a, like a, I think early in the new year, we'll probably do vision boarding or something like that. Um, But anyway, I've got it behind the scenes to show you guys in a sec. Um, And then the fourth aspect of that is done for you templates. So for those of you that are like, yep, I still need help with the actual stuff. (laughs) Like what do I post today? I need a template. I don't know. I'm not good with graphics. I've got all that in there too. So if you're ready to take it to the next step, if you're ready to take your social media to the next step, you're ready to build a personalized strategy that works for your business. It's going to work for your business, your lifestyle, your family, your ideal client, your audience so that you can get behind, that you can feel authentic with, um, that's actually going to work for you because when it, you're, when it feels right, you show up. And when you show up, great things happen. So that is my plan. That's my mission is to have people feel energized, excited, feel good about the systems and the processes and the things that they're doing online so that you can show up for it more and be excited about it. So if anyone wants, um, there will be a link to join the membership in the caption for today's live stream. If you're watching back the replay, it's in your email. Um, And if you have any other questions you want to ask me about, you can DM me. Um, Or if you're watching back the replay, you can just reply to your email that this got delivered to you in and I will answer your questions there. So other than that, guys, have an amazing rest of your day. I can't wait to welcome um, a whole bunch of you into the membership after this because I know it's been a great three days together and um, I will know that some of you will want to continue the conversation over on in there. Quite a lot of people join the membership after doing other coaching and programs with me because they just get so used to seeing me every week and then they just like to know that that can keep, that can keep happening and they can keep accessing that. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing a few of you over in there and, um, yeah, see you soon. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. 
You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub AU.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy. Stay classy.